Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast, where we tell the true stories of the vaccine injured that many don't want to hear. These are real people sharing real experiences, uncensored and unsanitized. Listen and learn with us as we tell the stories that have yet to be heard by those who've been discarded. No preaching, no propaganda, and no judgments, just the truth. Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Jared St. Clair, and I've got uh, another wonderful person that has is willing to come on the air and talk about a very difficult thing to talk about, the passing of her son. I'd like to welcome Laurie Astry to the Dearly Discarded Podcast. Thank you. Laurie, of course, we just met. I like to not know a whole lot about the people I talked to prior to uh, doing this show and just want to give you the stage to share your story. But before we get into your son, just maybe a little bit uh, about yourself and uh, and your family, uh, where you're from, that kind of thing. And then we'll uh, talk about his story. Um, I live in York, PA, and um my son and I and his father and his sister, when this happened, uh, lived in Lancaster, PA, and um, he grew up. He's from Lancaster, PA. He lived in Lancaster, PA his whole life. So um, he was 18, and he was a week after he graduated high school. He got his uh, COVID booster, and he passed away two days later. Okay, and, and first, I'm so sorry. As I said to you before we started recording, I, I can't imagine being in your shoes and, and this being a uh, an easy topic to talk about. So your 18-year-old son passed away uh, just after graduation, and you said it was a booster. So he had had previous COVID shots. Is that accurate? Yes, this was the second one. The second one. What Do you mind if I ask which brand? Pfizer. Okay. And um, what... what happened after that second shot? Well, um, I'll talk a little bit about like the week leading up to it. Um, okay. He wasn't feeling real great. And, um, he had the booster on a Thursday and I wasn't the one who took him, his father took him. And, um, so I, I wasn't there. I don't know how it all went down. Uh, but I know he was given the booster and he wasn't feeling real great. And then, um, on that was a Thursday, and then on a Saturday in the afternoon, uh, his dad told me that he wasn't feeling good. They were going to take him to the hospital. Um, they took him to the hospital. Apparently, his grandmother came to the house and saw him. And his grandmother is a nurse and looked at him and said, "This doesn't look right. Take him to the hospital." And they took him to the hospital. They put him on fluids. At that point, I I think they said that they thought he had pneumonia in a lung or something like that. And then shortly after they put him on fluids, he went into cardiac arrest. And I was on my way to the hospital. At that point, I was hearing all of this on the phone. So by the time I got to the hospital and I walked in the ER, you know, you can, I don't, you probably can't imagine this walking into an ER where there's 20 medical professionals all standing around a room and your son's in there and obviously not conscious and they have him on all kinds of tubes and everything. And, um, you know, they take us back into a room and start 
talking to us about what's going on. And at that point, they, they thought he was still alive. I don't know that he was still alive. Um, they had to put him on an ECMO machine, which apparently pumps his blood for him since his body wasn't doing it. And they had to put him on the Lifeline, which is a helicopter from Penn State. Um, this, this was happening in Lancaster, but they wanted to transport him to Hershey Medical Center, which is a Penn State facility. So that's what they call it. And um, they put him on this ECMO machine. It's pumping his blood and took him up to the you know, top of the roof and flew him off to Hershey. And um, the one man who was helping us said that they saw his eyes open and they thought he was still alive at one point. So we got to Hershey feeling optimistic that, you know, we thought he was still alive. And um, when we got to Hershey, the doctors who took him in, they said, you know, this is, it's not good. He's, it's, the chances are very slim. So they said, what we're going to do is we're going to implant this, like it's an impella, I think they called it. it something in his heart. I, I don't understand all of it, but relieve the pressure, the blood, something. And, and they said, you know, go home. So I went home. It was like midnight, but a couple hours later, they called us to come back. So. <sighs> Again, I'm so sorry. Um, so what was, what did the doctors say had happened? What, what was the story after um, his passing? Well, when my son was born, he had a heart murmur at birth, and that was fixed when he was one and a half years old. And then when he was three, he had a valve repair, and um, it was never 100% fully functioning, but it was good enough that they felt he didn't need anything else. So because he had these heart things when he was little, one and three years old, they said that his heart just all of a sudden out of nowhere, just gave out, just like that, you know, just gave out. His heart just gave out because of these problems he had. Interesting. And th so that was the initial uh, diagnosis of what had gone wrong. That's what, that's what they say went wrong. Okay. And have you, what was your experience as far as trying to find any other details? Was there an autopsy done? What, what else do you know? Well, interestingly, they, when we were at the first place at Lancaster General, they obviously saw on his records that he had just had the vaccine and they said, they acknowledged that. They said, but this most likely doesn't have to do with that. And um, again, when we got to Hershey Medical Center, they acknowledged it again. They said, you know, he did just have the vaccine two days ago, but that that has nothing to do with this. And you, you don't need to get an autopsy. They, they definitely discouraged us from getting an autopsy. And in that moment with dealing with, you know, what we're dealing with, uh, I didn't think to question it or or do, you know, you don't, you're not thinking right. So I just sure. went along with it. I just went along with it. Um, but I would say definitely, I, I wasn't even thinking of the vaccine at that point The the doctors were, and, but they, I, I definitely felt discouraged from getting an autopsy and he was cremated. So I can't do anything about it right now ever, obviously. So what you know, or what, what you have been told is what you've been told, and there's no way to really dig deeper and try and figure out any more answers. No. So what do you what do you believe happened based on what you've looked at since? I, 
I think the vaccine definitely had something. Even though he might have had, you know, heart complications as a child, I don't think he should have been given that vaccine. I think that whenever he was went into that clinic to get it, that there should have been some kind of procedures in place to make sure. I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think he should have had it. He, number one, had already had COVID. Why did he need it? And if he wasn't feeling real great that week and he had heart issues, why why was it okay to just go ahead and give him the vaccine? That doesn't make sense. Right. And and I wasn't there, but th- that doesn't make sense. Doesn't. When when did this happen, Laurie? June two thousand twenty one. June of twenty one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at that point, there was there were already questions about uh, boys his age, specifically potentially having heart complications, myocarditis, things like that. Uh, of course, a lot has been proven since then, uh, and a lot more of these cases have come up. Um, and so I guess I would echo what you said. It does seem reckless at, at, at the least to um, offer this type of uh, treatment, this type of jab to someone who already has, is in that age range, has already had COVID, so should have natural immunity and has had a history of heart issues. Yeah. That all makes makes sense to me. I think they just wanted everybody to have it as much as possible and get it done and that's that's where the problem is. They should not have given it to my son. So here we are on the dearly discarded podcast, and um, you know we're closing in on two years um, after your your son's passing. Uh, why did you decide that you wanted to tell the story here on the podcast? What are you hoping to accomplish for people listening here? Well, what I I hope when I first started asking some politicians about this was I, my goal was reform. I don't want another family to go into the same situation. And I, I think they just need to pause and slow down and ask more questions. I don't know. Maybe there's different procedures at different places, but maybe they should be taking their temperature and doing things before they give them the vaccine. There should probably be some, I mean, I think there was probably red flags for when my son went in, but whoever, you know, they were just in such a hurry to get everybody the vaccine that it didn't matter. Just get the vaccine in everybody. It doesn't matter. Um, so I would like there to be some kind of reform where this, you know, there's more precautions. And when I started, uh, I think I started with my state representative at the time. And um, that person called me back on the phone and said, and, and I do think before I say this, I think his, death was reported to VAERS, but I listened to some of your other episodes and the people said they had an actual report. I don't have an actual report, so I don't know. I mean, I was told his death was reported to VAERS, but I don't know. That's something I need to look into, obviously. Well, and of course, if it was reported to VAERS, then at least on the medical side, they had at least uh, concern that it may have been vaccine related, right? As the vaccine for people unaware, vaccine adverse event reporting system is VAERS, and those reports are filed when a doctor uh, feels that uh, the vaccine may have had something to do with an injury or death. So at least again, it, it was acknowledged on the medical side that that was a possibility. But I think you told me before we started 
that uh, they told you it was reported, but they also told you that they weren't going to give you a copy of that report. Is that what you said? Apparently, the, the CDC was investigating it, but I was not privy to what the findings would be. That was just for their own purposes. That's what I was told by. Um, so first, I contacted a state rep who had, I guess, the attorney general for the state of Pennsylvania at the time call me. And I remember receiving this phone call and it was very blunt, the person who spoke to me. And, and I, I feel like I remember their name, but I'm not totally sure. And um, said, you know, uh, we reported it to the CDC. They'll investigate it, but that's all we can really do for you. And, and I asked about receiving update on the investigation. And they basically said, no, that's just for their own purposes. I was not allowed to know the outcomes of their investigation. So I, I was like, really? That's ridiculous. That's my son, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, why would any of that be kept in secret from uh, the, the family at the very least? Right. So then, since then, have you talked to anybody else in any of these positions that uh, has been helpful at all in helping you uh, get more information? Um, I know personally somebody who used to be pretty high up uh, ranking official in the state of Pennsylvania, and they said they knew the senators and they'd have the senator contact me, but um, that didn't happen. I reached out to them. You know, you fill out uh, you call them, you email, they don't respond or return. So no, nobody has gotten back to me about that. And how did you come to be in contact with React 19? Well, I um, found it online. I found the website and I was, I, 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 I should back up and I want to tell a story about like last uh, May about how they censor things online and that kind of thing. I don't, I don't try to get involved in the politics of this too much because I know that this is generally associated with one side of politics and that's not really the side of politics that I am involved with. But I also do want to get the word out and let people know. So there was this, um, John Hopkins had this post on Facebook about getting your child five years and under the vaccine now and how it's safe now. So this was last year, 2022 around May. And, you know, everybody's like, yeah, go do it. You know, this and that. And I, I think I put something on there to the effect of like, you know, I'm not anti-vax, but I want the world to know that my son died like two days after he got his vaccine. And it generated about 3000 responses, which I was kind of surprised it didn't get shut down. And, you know, a lot of it was people arguing with themselves, but I received mm -hmm. a lot of support. But interestingly, I received a lot of people who, number one, assumed I was on one political side when I'm not. And I received a lot of people who told me I was lying and I was making stories up and, you know, how dare I spread lies? And it's like, it's not a lie. My son died two days after the vaccine. That's, that's, it's a fact. I mean, there was no reason an 18 year old should die like that two days, you know, two days, he was 18. So I just found that interesting. And through there, I found, um, I was recommended to some of the websites and stuff. So that's how I found out probably led me to this website and some other people and 
uh, to have offered support and so forth. Yeah, and I will say this for anybody listening uh, that maybe you haven't heard other episodes of Dearly Discarded uh, podcast. It is brought to you by React 19. React 19 is a group of uh, people who have bonded uh, together, who are vaccine injured or who are family of those who have passed uh, post-vaccination, uh, specific, uh, specifically the COVID vaccines. And they're a wonderful resource for anybody going through that. So if you're familiar with anybody that uh, finds themselves in that position, or if you are someone who does uh, Re- React 19, uh, the link will be for their website will be in the uh show description um, on the podcast and on rumble so uh, please check that out and and uh, utilize that resource they're wonderful wonderful people trying to do the best they can to get these messages out to as many ears who are willing to listen and and i'll say something about your story from may laurie one thing that i've seen that in doing you know these episodes and working with react 19 and also in uh talking about this with uh dr peter mccullough and uh several others who are in um the medical field but have raised concerns and red flags about uh these vaccines for for people is that it doesn't seem to matter what side somebody is on if you want to talk about the politics of it the right or the left the liberal or conservative whatever you want to call you know the two sides that we tend to associate with politics mm-hmm. because what i've found is that there are many people on both sides that uh, are incredibly critical uh, one way or the other right uh, some will call you a liar uh, because they don't like the story that you're telling others will say that maybe and this sounds incredibly harsh but i've seen it over and over again well you deserve it for not being more educated and and uh, for allowing this to happen to you in the first place. And on both sides, what I would love to get across with this show, the Dearly Discarded podcast, is simply this. This is humanity. This is uh, people, real people, people like your neighbors, people like yourself who are being affected by this. And it doesn't matter who you voted for in the last election. None of that is applicable here. What matters is trying to prevent future events like what happened to your son uh, from ever happening again. And, And that's why I honor every single individual who's willing to speak up on this platform, whether again, regardless of whatever affiliation you might have with any political party, uh, and just simply recognize that as React 19 often says that we all need to join team humanity and just simply care about our neighbor uh, and uh, ignore uh, the differences we might have and realize that nobody uh, should be subjected to an unsafe uh, medical treatment that could potentially um, end a life or create significant injury. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because I am, I'll just say I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm a public educator. I'm a Democrat. I've always been a Democrat. This is definitely from what I've seen, not a topic. The Democrats are on the other side of this. And, you know, when people started attacking me from my own party, you know, and I'm like, you don't even know me. This is, this is definitely an eye opener. It should not be a political thing you know this yeah this is this is not political it's not well and and people that that get caught up in that and and i don't want to go too far off the path here but we have to recognize that this you know the the rollout of these vaccines was all started during the trump administration and the rollout you know was finalized during the biden administration this 
this isn't a political thing. There are definitely politicians on one side or the other that have taken a stand on, you know, kind of where they they fall. And certainly it does seem that the Democratic Party in this country has fallen more on the side of, uh, you know, uh, keep pushing these things out and uh, giving them to younger and younger children and so on and so forth. But we've got to set all that uh, that stuff aside and just talk about the truth about what's actually happening here. Mm-hmm. And um, and what I love what you said, Laurie, just be precautious uh, about what you're putting in your body, what you're allowing to have put in your body. Mm-hmm. It seems that if a lay person like you or I can recognize that someone with a past history of heart problems and uh, someone who's not feeling well at the time probably shouldn't do something like that, yeah. then doctors and nurses certainly should know that as well. Right. That That's yeah. that's all I want. I just would like there to be more caution. And, you know, I'm not anti-vax or anything like that, even though people tell me I should be. And personally, I, <laughs> I've not, I don't, I don't get flu shots and I did get this vaccine, but I, I don't think I'm going to get any more of it because I had it and I still got it. And I don't really see the point anymore, but um, it, it's just that if they're going to do this and they need to be more careful, they need to have some kind of uh, procedures in place I know they went about it so quickly. They were just so anxious to get it out to everybody. They did what what they did. But since they did that and so many people have medical problems or have lost lives, they need to take care of those people. And they they don't even want to acknowledge that. And, you know, if you go on the, the CICP website and you see that, what, 10,000 some people have applied due to COVID related injuries and deaths and they've you know helped 31 of those people that's a problem that's that's a problem you know i i applied to that website on behalf of my son and we're um see in september it'll be two years since i applied and it's still just pending you know as of this summer in july I had to personally send in the paperwork because my doctors wouldn't do it. I had to do it myself, had to pay for the paperwork and send it in. Um, and then in, yeah, I had originally sent it in. He passed away in June. I sent it in around Labor Day, September. So a whole, what, 10 months later, they finally acknowledged that they got the paperwork and it's, you know, under review. But if you go on their website, they have like 10,000 cases under review. And I don't think that they have as of yet acknowledged one death from the COVID vaccine and, you know, people losing their lives and their family members for this, the least they can do is compensate and pay these people, their medical bills. And I I feel so sorry for the people I hear on your earlier podcast with the medical problems and that it's just not right. You know, you're going to push this vaccine on everybody, at least compensate the people for what they're having to deal with because of it. Even if you're not a hundred percent sure, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. You, these drug companies made all this money off of it. They, you know, it's terrible. Yeah. The, the drug companies are held uh, without liability at all. And the people that have all of the liability, it appears so far with these vaccines are the people that take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, as you mentioned, the CCIP uh, or CICP, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, they've got all these claims, but you you could say, well, they've had so many claims, we have to, you know, give them some time. But 
to have 10,000 claims and have 31 of them that have actually uh, gone through on some level is absurd uh, in the amount of time that has passed. And there's really no excuse for so much of what's happened, which is why, again, these, you know, it's why I do this podcast. This is a podcast that frankly isn't the easiest podcast to do. I have two shows that I do and I, I much more enjoy my other one where I don't have to talk to people who are severely injured, who have lost loved ones, um, because this is a difficult topic, but there, it's a necessary topic. Yeah. It's something that people need to hear, need to be aware of. And so if you're listening right now and you're feeling this, please share this information, get it out there, send it to a friend or a family member, uh, post it on social media. Let's get the word out as much as possible because there are people who can be saved uh, this type of event by just having a higher level of awareness and recognizing that there are issues with these shots and that uh, it's not rare. uh, As they have said, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of cases like this. I mean, I don't know if they think by acknowledging any of these cases that that opens them up to all kinds of, you know, if that's why they're afraid to compensate people. They think if we acknowledge it, then, you know, what's going to happen? You know, I, I don't maybe that's their fear. Yeah, well, there could certainly be a lot of truth truth to that, and I wouldn't doubt that that is part of the the, the situation. But that being said, it doesn't make it right no, it uh, to not do it, right? No, it and so if you're going to push something that is called over and over and over again safe and effective, and it proves not to be, then there needs to be somebody to answer for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something I was, something ironic, but, you know, sometimes in life things are, they happen you know, it's just funny how they happen. When I was pregnant with my son, Roman, I actually worked at Pfizer in Lidditz. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was, uh, I worked in their IT department for about 10 months while I was pregnant with him. And then, you know, to think that their, uh, you know, vaccine is caused to this. It's just, how does, you know, how odd is that? Uh, yeah, it's there's so many questions that haven't been answered yet and uh, lots of information that's out there that has been deemed as misinformation and all of this stuff. I think it's time for us all to just open our eyes and be willing to hear the stories and look at what's going on and at least be willing to look at both sides of the story rather than dismissing it because you uh, hear it and immediately disagree. If you're not willing to look at the other side of the of the argument, um, we're never going to be able to uh, overcome these types of issues in this country. So, Laurie, I, I so much appreciate you taking your time to talk about this and to share your story and your son's story with us. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, share or any um, thing that you'd like people to understand before I let you go? No, I, I'll just spend the last few minutes talking a little bit more about about who he was. Um, so I'm going to show you that this is his picture. He was his senior picture. And um, he was, um, in addition to the heart things that he had, um, he was also on the spectrum. So he was, he had some challenges when he was a younger kid um, and so forth, but we got him all kinds of help. And by the time he was in high school, you know, most people, they didn't even really know he was, on the spectrum or different or or that kind of thing. He had a funny sense of humor. Um, 
he was he loved his cats. He had a cat that he was very close to named Cheddar, and um, he was a gamer. He loved playing video games, and um, that's what any free second he had that I wasn't making him do something else, that's what he did. And he ran um, a Discord server, and he hosted a server room that apparently had uh, like three thousand people that subscribed to it. And um, oh, wow. he actually on his own figured all this out. He was actually like people were paying him money and he was using it to enhance this room. And um, when he passed away, the people in his online community had like online like services in his honor. And um, he also made a lot of YouTube videos, which thank goodness he did because now I have them. I can just turn his videos on and he, he's, you know, playing his game and talking to people or himself or whatever. And, and I get to hear him talk and, um, he hours and hours of them. I don't even know if I'll ever get to watch them all. And, um, <laughs> he played trombone. He was in his high school marching band. His, um, uh, high school marching band was state champions for three years in a row until COVID came. Wow. So he was a member of a championship marching band and, um, I'm a music teacher, so um, oh. I. There were times he didn't want to do it, but I was like, "You're going to do it, you know. <laughs> get your exercise and get out there and socialize." Um, they were, they were his only real life friends, other than his online friends, and um, you know, they were really um, there for him as he was, you know, growing up and being in band and so forth. They, they did wonderful things for him. Um, at his funeral, they all played for him and so forth. And uh, they remember him. One of his bandmates got a tattoo in his honor. And um, I ended up last year, I commissioned a song in his honor. Uh, he had written a song in GarageBand and put it on YouTube that was to be used as the theme music on his video game server. And I had a local composer, uh, take that and turn it into a full blown concert band piece. And it's been, it's in publication. It's been performed three times so far. So I hope that, wow. yeah, those are some ways that his legacy will go on and continue through his, they still do stuff online and in his tribute and through music. So that's how yeah. I'm trying to keep his memory alive. And, and I hope Talented that young man, yeah. And, and, you know, he had his challenges when he was in school with things. He was, he was a learning support student, but he would, uh, he, he wouldn't, he would flunk, uh, algebra, but get advanced on the keystone state for it. And, you know, I'd be like, too bad. You're going to retake it. You have to learn to do your homework, you know? <laughs> and he'd be like, why do I need to do that? I know how to do it. And, um, you know, so I, I don't want his life to be for nothing. Uh, or forgotten. So I, I would like that in his memory, they, they start looking at reform on who they give this vaccine to, and they really need to stop if they're not sure. They need to pause and consider when they're giving it out. A hundred percent. And I'm so glad that you shared uh, some stories about your son and, and his talents and uh, the mark that he left uh, here on this earth. It clear to me that he was a special young man and 
And I'm glad that uh, we didn't skip over that. So thank you for bringing that up and, and showing us uh, his picture. If you're listening, by the way, to this podcast uh, through a podcast app and you'd like to actually see video and see a picture of of um, Roman, right? Yeah, of Roman. Uh, please uh, check it out on Rumble on the Dearly Discarded podcast page on Rumble. It'll be up uh, just a few days after this podcast uh, airs. And uh, you can uh, actually see the interview if you'd like and share the video with uh, with uh, friends and family. Laurie, I once again, I'm so sorry for your loss. I uh, understand there's nothing that anybody that can say that will uh, soften that blow. Uh, but I will say that in doing this, I believe you are honoring your son and uh, definitely um, helping him leave a little bit more of a legacy of of uh, truth uh, for people, things that people need to hear and need to understand so that we can advance this um, conversation uh, and and hopefully bridge some gaps that have been formed through politics that should have really nothing to do with what we're talking about. Laurie, thank you so much for joining me on the Dearly Discarded podcast. And for everybody listening, uh, please, as I said, share this episode, listen to other episodes, share it out there. This Nobody is making a dime doing this show. Uh, it is a labor of love for the people who are guests and for myself and for the folks over at React 19. This is all about just getting these stories heard and these stories need to be heard. So please do your part and uh, check Check out React 19 uh, online as well. Thank you for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been the Dearly Discarded Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dearly Discarded Podcast. We encourage you to help break through the silence and share this episode with your friends and family. It's time for these stories to not only be told, but to be heard. For more information, head to react19.org and dearlydiscardedpod.com. The Dearly Discarded Podcast is produced by Jared St. Clair and Michaela Hyde with support from React 19. We'll be back next week with another true story from one who lives it. Until then, join us on Team Humanity. Keep an open mind, seek the truth, and share these stories. Most of all, open your mouth. Silence won't change anything. React 19 needs your support. We're a grassroots nonprofit created by the COVID vaccine injured for the COVID vaccine injured. React 19 provides physical support through scientific research and physician referrals, financial support to those most in need for uncovered medical expenses, and emotional support by growing a community that's focused on compassionate advocacy, hope, fellowship, and improving lives. We can only do these things with your support. Your donation is tax deductible and any amount is greatly appreciated. You can also sign up for automatic monthly donations. The vaccine injured have been marginalized, censored, and discarded, but they have not been broken. Help them rise to the challenge today. Visit react19.org for more information or simply text the word REACT to 50155 and donate via text.